Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, evening, morning, whatever. Welcome to the podcast. We appreciate that. You know what I, I saw? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I saw someone who um, posted um, about in one of the podcast groups that I'm, that I'm on on Facebook, you know, what saying that we shouldn't say good morning, good evening. We shouldn't give any particular time because you may be listening at whatever time it is. Like it matters if I say good morning, but it matters if I say good afternoon or good evening, like you give a crap, right? <laughs> like, you, like you figure, well, you probably say good morning because it was morning where you were. You probably say good morning because Willie, because you say good morning all the damn time, so it doesn't really matter. Um, those who try to put best practices and, and some standards on this stuff, you know, y'all just go to hell. How about that? Uh, just wanted to get that in there uh, before we go on with the uh, crooks of what we're talking about. Today, the redacted version of the Mueller report came out. Do you care? Did you care before? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, but we're gonna we gotta cover it because you know what? People who are my detractors, who are my haters, will say that I didn't cover it. That I wasn't fit. You know what? It's it, it ain't that a bitch when they you know when when people who are my detractors and have been my detractors since jump. Will will often say that well you need to you you're in journalism you need to cover both sides of the story you need to cover it fairly when they don't they don't think about it like that I'm somehow is supposed to rise above it because well you have a platform you know <laughs> it's funny let, let me before I get to Mueller report let me tell you something uh, I had a um, a friend an acquaintance. That I met while um, she was teaching here in my area, and we met because we had the same job, a different schools with the same job, and we became friends. And she's obvious she she, she fashioned herself as an Obamacrat, so it was obvious after the the election of President Obama the first time that I wasn't really all that happy. You know, I didn't come out and say anything terrible or awful about the election of Barack Obama. I didn't because, you know what, I was sad we didn't work hard enough, we didn't have a good enough candidate. Boy, didn't we have a good enough candidate um, to beat Barack Obama. We had freaking deputy dog, um, and they had um, Superman. So we lost. Yeah, no, maybe I shouldn't have said anything negative about John. Yeah, okay. It's okay. You know, you shouldn't speak a little dead, but you can dang on sure tell the truth. In any case, uh, so... In 2012, President Obama gets reelected. And it was, I don't know, a day later, I get this face this face mail message from, from this person saying that I was salty because I didn't congratulate, I didn't openly congratulate President Obama on his, um, his reelection. First of all, President Obama is probably not reading my Facebook page. Uh, President Obama doesn't know me from Adam's house cat. He couldn't pick me out f- from a lineup of 
of alley cats and bullfrogs. He wouldn't know me from anything. So let alone is he reading my Facebook page so that I was somehow salty because I didn't come out with this glowing, I'm so glad you won again, Mr. President. See, because I have this, I was supposed to come out and say that blah, 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 blah. Now, I simply responded that I have this format here, that I have a podcast on Ball Talk Radio, and at the time I was doing two hours a day, Monday through Friday, I was doing 10 hours a week. It was There was no way in the world that on that Wednesday afternoon or that Tuesday or, or that Wednesday morning that I was not going to address the election. I mean, there was no way. I said, you know what? I'm going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it on the program. I, didn't, I wasn't going to blow my load out here on Facebook. Why, why, why the heck would I do that? And then she got pissed and, and um, unfriended me. <laughs> I just, well, okay. All right, see you. Don't don't have any idea what to do with you. I just I told you exactly what I was going to do, and you weren't going to bully me into doing anything else. I wasn't going to say, "Oh, I'm so I'm so glad, Mr. President, that you won again. I'm so glad that you get a, another four years to shit can our economy and 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 just destroy every personal freedom that I could have that the founders." ever thought that we would have. I just, I'm so excited by it. I'm so excited by your continue, the continuous nonsense of the Affordable Care Act and how it's going to ruin medicine and um, destroy our nation's economy. Uh, I can't wait, but you're so cool. And it's all worth it because you are so cool, Mr. President. Anyway, but you know what? I didn't do any of that while he was in the White House, while President Obama was in the White House. None of it. And you can go back and listen to uh, over 2,500 bro- uh, broadcasts of the Ball Talk Radio program. I even did um, a couple of them named the the Obama Show. The Obama, the, 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 the Obama Show, you could go back and listen to them. That was during the campaign. But afterwards, I didn't say much disparaging about the president. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't down with all the all the policy. But I thought the dude was a good dad. I thought he was probably a good husband, too. Okay, but this other stuff, nah, I never participated in it. So, you know, it's interesting how the people on the left always want you, me, to be fair and balanced while they get to go off and just be lunatics like they've been with the, ele- with the election of, of Donald Trump. There's been nothing fair and balanced about MSNBC, CBS, NBC, uh, MSNBC, CNN. Nothing fair and balanced about any of that. They have been just flipping lunatics. And now today, the redacted version, and we knew it would be redacted because when A.G. Barr sent the four-page summary out, he, he as much said that there would be portions of this report that would be redacted and it would be redacted to maintain the sanctity of the grand jury. And there are ongoing investigations. So, yeah. So, I mean, we knew that, right? Okay. You knew that, right? You knew that beforehand. So, you weren't surprised or upset or, or angry 
because there was big black marks all over the report when you went to read them because you knew that was going to happen. You probably knew that was going to happen before um, Attorney General Barr said that was going to happen because you're an adult and you've lived in the world long enough to know that that's how that kind of crap goes, right? Okay. Um, anyway, the, the report is out. And um, as we can tell, the first part uh, talks about Russian interference in our 2016 election, presidential, presidential election. Now, let's back up just a minute. Because you're a grown up, because you're an adult who's lived in this country probably most of your adult life. What you probably already know as an adult is that the United States is a huge interloper in the affairs of other countries. Is that safe to say? That the United States is, is, is a huge interloper and has been for a very long time of the affairs, including the elections of other countries. That the United States has been an agent for regime change in other nations around the world for a very long time. Even to the point of military conflict, spying, possibly even murder. For a very long time. Does that seem fair? Okay, so... What what's interesting is that there would be anybody who is an adult who would think that other countries have not at least tried to do something similar to us. The problem is that we're too big and we're too spread out. And we're Americans and we're just freaking hard headed. Now, now, it, it shouldn't be surprising that the um, the Soviet Union. Uh, especially under the um, the iron fist of Vladimir Putin, wouldn't be looking to change the direction or see to see if they can influence an American election. What they do know is that they can't break the they they can't do it by breaking in and actually changing votes. Why? Because everybody does it differently all over the country. You see what I'm saying? Everybody does it differently. So there's there's no way to go in there and change a bunch of the votes enough to make a difference. So they decided it was time to maybe try a a social media campaign to see if they could rile us up enough to increase the divisions that they already saw. And that would be our undoing. And that would be our undoing. Well, they tried, and there is evidence that they tried, but there isn't any evidence that anybody in the United States, that any U.S. citizen, and this is what it says in the report, any U.S. citizen collaborated, cooperated, or was in collusion with the Russian government to affect the 2016 presidential election. None, and that's what the first part is about. It's long. It's about a hundred and it's all, it's a little more than it's, it's it's almost two hundred pages. A little more than two hundred pages, I think. Um, now, the second part of the report has to do with um, has to do with obstruction of justice. 
because that after Russian collusion sort of went by the wayside, uh, we started hearing from the left about, well, Trump is trying to thwart the investigation. If he was trying to thwart the investigation, it's the thing that he has done the worst job at for the past two, almost two and a half years. Because every single thing, every single piece of paper that he was that the White House was asked to produce, they did. Every single person that was asked to testify, testified. That's the absolute worst, worst obstruction I've ever seen. The president himself even did a written question and answer. And the only reason he didn't testify was that, first of all, that the investigate that, that that Mueller's investigators thought that they, that they had enough information from all the surrounding people that his testimony wasn't needed. You understand what I'm saying? So if again this was obstruction, this was the worst obstruction ever. Now a lot of the left lost their lunch and and got their panties in a wad with the firing of James Comey. Now, even James Comey says that the president can fire me for whatever reason he wants to because the FBI director serves at the, pre- at the pleasure of the president. If the president walked in and said, Comey, you wear those brown shoes one more time, I'm going to fire you. And then Comey comes in and wears those brown shoes again and the president sees him, the president will fire him. Now, that seems silly and a ridiculous sort of Dadaism approach, but when you serve at my pleasure, I can fire you for any reason or no reason at all. There you go. So when Comey wouldn't come out after after telling the president that he was not personally under investigation, but when he wouldn't come out and tell the American public that, it frankly, it pissed Trump off. And frankly, this was our friend, and I talk about this guy all the time, Petty Trump, showing up. Should he have fired Comey because he was pissed? Probably not. Probably not the best move. But is it surprising? No. It's a Petty Trump move. Comey wouldn't come out and tell the American public the president of the United States is not under investigation. He wouldn't say it. Although he told Trump. And Trump said, he's told me, James Comey has told me that I am not under investigation. And and other people have said it too. Other people, Rudy Giuliani has said it. Hell, Michael Cohen has said it. So when um, James Comey wouldn't say it, wouldn't come out and tell the American public that the president of the United States was not under investigation, it pissed Trump off. So Trump fired him. And he could anyway. He was perfectly within his the purview of his office to send James Comey on his way and did just that. Now, when all this was going down, let's back up even further than that. When we, when we start talking about obstruction, when we start talking about Jeff Sessions. Now, Jeff Sessions had been Donald Trump's boy. All through the election, as a matter of fact, when they came to Tampa, Jeff Sessions opened for Donald Trump 
and his rally, one of it, one of his first rallies here in Tampa. Um, so they had been tight, which is why Jeff Sessions got the AG gig to start with. But once this investigation started, Trump's uh, Trump's expectation was because you know they had you know Sessions had been his boy that Sessions had recused himself from overseeing the investigation. Trump again was pissed. Pissed. Because he knew it was a witch hunt and he knew that they would stack the deck against him, which is why he said what he said. And you know what? As soon as I heard that, as soon as I, as soon as I heard it was in the report, I went to the report and I read it. And then I thought, man, eh, let's try it. Let's go ahead and give CN, the CNN website one view. I haven't given them a view in, I don't know, a couple of years. So let's go. And sure enough, that line that said my presidency is over, I'm effed. And 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 he said that out of anger and frustration because what he knew was that if they got up ahead of steam, holy crap, what was going to happen? At the time, you know, if just if just Sessions was backing out, um, and you had other Republicans who weren't standing firm um, for the president at that time. Uh, of course, he was angry and he was pissed, so that's what he said. Now, that is, you know, a lot of the left would like to think, well he, well, he knew that he had done something and he knew he was in trouble and, and they should investigate more. Okay, that's just dumb. Stop it. Just stop it. So we know, so we understand the context of the, you know, the st- in, in which the statement was made. So they're all, so, so there are, um, and I think there are 10 what they call episodes. Is that what they call it? Let me go to the Hill website. I think that's what they call it. Here are 10, quote, episodes, end quote, uh, Mueller, probe, uh, Mueller probe for potential obstruction by Trump. And one of them was the conduct involving former um, FBI Director James Comey and National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. He had a fire member. Um, brief uh, Flynn briefly served as Trump National um, National Advisor before being fired in February 2017, and then Trump fired Comey later. In, 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 you know what? In May of 2017, and that started that started the investigation, right? So Trump was pissed at Mike Flynn. Because Flynn lied to Vice President Pence. And Trump was pissed. Right? And then he later tweeted that he'd lied to, that that, um, Flynn also was lying to the FBI. Which, quote, according to The Hill, Raised questions whether the president obstructed. It didn't raise me. I mean, because either you do or either you don't. So in February, after firing Flynn, the president was kind of thinking that this whole rush thing was over. Boy, oh boy, you were wrong. So, because, okay, so, so Flynn. Pleaded guilty in December of 2017 as part of Mueller probe to lying to the FBI, which means that Trump was right. Flynn did lie to the FBI. 
Holy crap. So Flynn did lie to the FBI and Trump was pissed about it and fired him over it. The special counsel report also cites the January 2017 meeting in which Trump and Comey uh, asked Comey for loyalty as well as a meeting where, you know, asking somebody for for loyalty doesn't raise to the level of obstruction. Now, it might not be seen, you know, it might be unseemly, but it doesn't raise to the level of obstruction, doesn't it? And then he went back to, to ask the FBI chief if he could, you know, sort of see his way clear to, to give Mike Flynn a break because Mike Flynn's a good guy. So uh, that's one of the episodes. The other episode is Trump's reaction to continuing Russian, the continuing Russian investigation. Mueller looked at Trump's request at March in 2017 to have then-White House counsel Don Nam again ask now-former AG Jeff Sessions not to recuse himself over overseeing the um, the investigation. So Mueller, so Trump says to Mueller, see, listen, have um, Don again ask um, Jeff Sessions not to recuse himself. The special counsel decided that Trump's reaching out in that same month to the director of the National Intelligence, the CIA chief, who was at the time Mike Pompeo, before he became the Secretary of State, asking the two officials what they could do to publicly dispel the notion that Trump had any connection with election interference. He asked these guys, what can we do to make this go away? He was pissed. It had been a year at that point. He wanted it to be over. That Never happened. Nothing ever ever came of it, so it couldn't have been any obstruction. This is not hard. And, of course, the president's termination of Comey, we we talked about that, the appointment of a special counsel in efforts to remove him. Trump reacted to the news of the special counsel appointment by telling the advisors, again, like he said, to end my presidency, uh, and Mueller wrote this in his report. Why? For, for effect's sake. Trump asserted that Mueller had conflicts of interest and suggested he should not serve in that p- position. Well, as we found out, a lot of people who worked for the Mueller, in the Mueller investigation had conflicts of interest, didn't they? A lot of them. Of course, here, the article in The Hill doesn't mention any of them, but a lot of them had conflicts of interest. A lot of them had worked for the Clintons, had worked for the Clinton Foundation, had worked for Hillary Clinton personally. So um, McGahn wrote that, that, you know, Mueller wrote that McGahn said that he wasn't going to do that and he would rather resign, and he did. Deciding whether he would resign rather than trigger what he regarded as a potential Saturday Night Massacre, the incident was first reported by the New York Times. So he said, you know what, if, if that happens, it'll be a mess. So he, didn't, so he didn't do it. Thus, there was still, still no obstruction because it didn't happen, nothing happened. I, you know, when I mentioned yesterday on my Blood Talk Radio podcast that the left loves talking about stuff that doesn't happen, that, that isn't happening, or didn't happen? That they spend all their time talking about crap that didn't happen or isn't happening? 
So in June of 2017, Trump asked the the former campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, to tell Sessions to make a public statement that the special counsel probe had been very unfair to the president. Doesn't seem like that's such a bizarre request. It had been very unfair. The message was never delivered as Lewandowski passed it on to another White House official who did not follow through. So it didn't happen. Something else, one more thing of these 10 episodes, that didn't happen, so there was no obstruction. You can't, (laughs) there can be no empirical evidence of an event that did not take place. Uh, Efforts to prevent disclosure of evidence related to to the events like the Trump Trump Tower meeting. Mueller reviewed instances where Trump sought to contain the spread of information about a June 16th, I mean, June 2016 meeting between campaign officials and a Russian lawyer who promised damaging information on the Clintons. Trump directed aides on several occasions, quote, not to publicly disclose the emails setting up the meeting. Before the emails became public, Trump dictated a statement to his eldest son that, in, that indicated the meeting was about Russian adoption policies. The president's personal lawyer, Michael, Flint, uh, Michael Cohen at the time, repeatedly denied the president had played any role in the statement Mueller wrote. Okay, these emails, he said, don't let them become, don't let them become public. They did. No obstruction. Further efforts to have the Attorney General take control of the investigation. This, we keep going back to that. Um, Trump never wanted Jeff Sessions to recuse himself. And he wanted him to take control of the discussion, especially when Trump figures out that this, the deck is stacked against him and all the people that Mueller has on his team. He's like, holy you you know what jeff you got to take over the investigation didn't do it he didn't do it it didn't happen and he could have directed and it was per- he was perfectly within his purview to direct jeff sessions to do so not and and and, and again ag bar and 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 assistant ag rosenstein thought the very same thing did not rise to the level of obstruction. So the left is talking about, I'm going to talk about all weekend on the Sunday shows about something that didn't happen. Efforts to have McGahn deny that the president had ordered him to have the special counsel removed. Trump directed White House officials to have McGahn dispute a New York Times story telling the president had asked him to have Mullen removed, according to the report. Um, McGahn responded by telling the media reports were accurate, after which Trump again urged him to deny the story. So if this happened, if Trump said, tell him, I didn't say that. And then guess what? McCann didn't do it. Uh, There was no obstruction that happened. So they're talking about something that didn't happen. Contact towards Flynn 
former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, and an unnamed individual. The Mueller reporter recounts potential obstruction related to Trump's action toward Flynn, uh, Manafort, and an individual whose name is redacted due to the ongoing investigations. Uh, Flynn's lawyer had a joint defense agreement with Trump's attorneys. After Flynn's attorney terminated the arrangement, the president's personal counsel told Flynn's lawyer that he would make sure that the president knew that Flynn's actions reflected hostility, Mueller wrote. Uh, Mueller further cited Trump's public praise of Man- for Manafort during his tri- trial on bank and fraud challenges, which is, so what? So what? Manafort was his boy, too. And he said, and he basically said, said so out loud. That's not obstructing anything. Because Manafort got charged and, and got convicted. No obstruction happened. Trump called Manafort a brave man and suggested flipping to corporate to, uh, to uh, suggested flipping to cooperate with prosecutors. Peters almost ought to be outlawed. Mueller wrote. Yeah, I mean this idea that um, flipping to cooperate with prosecutors and, and people do that all the time on that level, where they just cooperate with the prosecutors because they don't want to go to jail and they just say anything. No obstruction takes place. Maybe not the kind of behavior and the language that you like, but no obstruction takes place. The left is talking about things that did not happen. The president's um, conduct, his his conduct involving his former personal attorney, Mike Cohen. So he's pissed at Cohen because Cohen is, he calls him a rat because he is a rat because he can't, Call him an asshole <laughs> on national TV. I guess not. You know, Cohen ple- and Cohen pleaded guilty to bank fraud, tax fraud, campaign finance violations, as well as lying to Congress about a potential Trump Tower real estate deal in Moscow. He lied about everything, everything. So the president calling this guy who is who lied to Congress a rat. There's no evidence of obstruction there. And guess what? A.G. Barr and, a, and, a, and assistant, a, assistant um, A.G. Rosenstein said they think so too. Now the left is going to talk all weekend about it. Now here's what, here's what also happened today. Um, Cindy Hoyer, second in command uh, in, the, in, in the House, second in charge in the House, second power, most powerful Democrat in the House of Representatives, has said it's time to move on from impeachment talk. There's nothing, it's just not worth the shot. Now, I've said this for a while. I've said this a while to all my friends. Um, what, the, what the Democrats know is that they got one shot at this guy. One. You're only going to get one. And if it isn't a kill shot, you better not take it. If you if you miss, what's going to happen is that that the the Trump supporters are going to be rejuvenated and invigorated, and even the people who are just as sick of the whole thing are going to turn on you like a pack of wild dogs. You know what I'm saying? So what Steny Hoyer knows, and I think. Um, also, what 
Nancy Pelosi knows is that if you don't have a lockdown thing, you better not take the shot. If you miss, the tiger is going to turn and eat you. This is, this is not you miss and then you run away and hide for another day. You will not get to play anymore if you miss. And what they know is there is simply not enough for the kill shot. So maybe we should look somewhere else. Maybe we should do something else. Now, what the youngsters, AOC, Tlaib, and some of these other people don't get is just that. They're they're like, let's just go and just throw rocks at this tiger anyway because this tiger, they don't understand, they never really get, understand, and appreciate that this tiger can turn and devour them because they don't believe that it can. But what... Again, what Pelosi and Hoyer and some of the other Democrats that have been been around for a while know that they may indeed awaken a sleeping giant, that silent majority, that some that like I say all the time, you know what? Trump is cringy as hell sometimes. You're like, oh my goodness, stop tweeting, go to bed, Mr. President. Can somebody else take over his Twitter account, please? You know cringy as hell sometimes but you know what they're like you know he he ain't wrong all the time and some of these other people that are showing up here the um talibs and the cory bookers and the uh, uh alexandria casio cortez are they seem to be just wacky bernie sanders andrew yang talking about giving everybody a thousand dollars a month just because they woke up you know all this stuff right Trump saying, "Hey, listen, you want to get you, you want to come to the country? Great. You got you got to come to the, you got to come to the border, follow the paperwork, you know, do what you're supposed to do, join us, be an American, assimilate." That doesn't seem so outrageous. That doesn't seem nearly as outrageous as well. Four hundred years ago, four hundred five hundred years ago, some people that are all dead now owned some people who are all dead now. And the people who are living now should pay the people who are also living now that were not slaves money. <clears throat> For the natural sensibilities of people who are walking the earth now, that seems ridiculous. And you, you know what? And I'm going to upset a lot of really good friends of mine. But that's the deal. That's, that, that's what you're up against. I'm just telling you what you're up against. Now, you can continue on your path because you're going to, and and there ain't a damn thing I can say about it, but that's the deal. The deal is this. The deal is that a whole bunch of people who are dead now, who are all dead now, owned and made slaves of some people who are all dead now. And some people who are alive now who have never been slaves, who don't know any slaves, who may have had slaves in their family, want some other people who have who may, who've never owned slaves that may or may not have had relatives who owned slaves to pay them money every year forever. What? That's simply 
not going to fly. So that makes that, that that sort of mentality makes Donald Trump thinking that people who need to come to the country legally, that makes him normal to a whole bunch of people that you've never even talked to, who have never opened their mouth about it one way or the other, who have never written a Facebook post pro or con or a tweet or an Instagram post or snap on Snapchat, nothing, never. But they went into ballot boxes all over the country in places like Michigan and places like Wisconsin and places like Pennsylvania and places like Florida and places like Ohio and voted for Donald Trump. In cities like Monticello, Florida, counties like Jefferson County, a, a, a bright blue county that had gone for Obama big two elections in a row then went for Trump. And ain't nobody said a word. And nobody said a word beforehand. The most, the most surprised people in Jefferson County, a small county in north central Florida, the most surprised people were the Democrat Party of, of Jefferson County. They were blown away. And why? Because they own that county as far as registered voters. They couldn't have done any more to have, because the county is mostly Democrat registered voters like 80 percent and the county goes for trump they were angry and confused that's what's out there that's how lying that's how sleeping tiger keep throwing rocks keep throwing rocks keep thinking that you can impeach this guy keep if you don't again if you don't get the kill shot it's all over. We may actually see the end of the Democrat Party as we know it. We might have elections in the future where we're just talking about maybe the Republican Party and the, United, and the American Socialist Party or the American Communist Party. It, may, it just may be just that. You know, AOC could be running for um, the American Socialist Party as a representative from the Bronx next time. And she may have a Democrat opponent. This could, this landscape could change drastically, drastically in our lifetime. Anyway, I got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. Thank you ever so much for hanging with me this evening. I went a little over time tonight, but there was a lot to talk about. In any case, do we see you again? Go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.